Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest Podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pre-gaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So going all the way back to episode one, going through my musical background and my history with music, I know I went through some top fives, you know, of each decade, um, hard rock, heavy metal bands, and then talked a little bit about uh, out of format bands and musicians that I'm a fan of. And I mentioned that subsequent episodes would be out of format because I have been to a lot of concerts and they aren't all in the hard rock or heavy metal genre. So with that said, this is going to be one of those episodes. So let's talk a little bit about Steve Miller. So I can remember nine or ten years old driving to Omaha with my parents visiting my mom's mom who lived in Omaha and I can remember she had a little desk type area in the living room again which was you know somewhat of a formal uh, living room area but there was a radio there and I can remember going in there and sitting down and she had some trinkets around that I would kind of mess around with and play with but I would turn the radio on and my recollection is it was normally a an AM station but I can remember hearing this song that had a lot of odd sounds uh, to it Um, I liked the melody and happened to be Abracadabra by Steve Miller Band. So that was released June 15th in 1982. So again, would have uh, you know put me right around nine years old. And anyway, I just I loved that song and ended up getting the um, the 45 of that and listened to it a lot. So that's probably my first recollection of hearing Steve Miller. Um, we're going to end up talking about uh, a lot of his big hits and and my thought is I probably heard one of those other songs um, on the radio at some point, but I can't pinpoint it at all. But again, I mean, those songs are so iconic and and familiar sounding in in general um i'm sure i heard something else but this is the first abracadabra is the first recollection that i that i hear and i I know that song i think he gets a lot of crap for it um obviously it was an enormous hit um for him and and kind of ushered him into the the 80s and and actually kind of reminds me of you know sticks coming into the 80s you know with Mr. Roboto and lots of sound effects and different things in there so you know maybe maybe a parallel there maybe it's a big stretch but but that's uh that's how I uh that's how I view it so fast forward to junior year in high school so um 1989 1990 but focusing kind of in on the 1990 portion so second half of my junior year um mike who i've brought up 
multiple times before and hoping to have him on at some point. But he introduced our group um, to the Greatest Hits, Steve Miller Band, 74 to 78. And I think either his his mom or, or possibly his dad may have uh, had it. They actually had... Uh, some great records um, that he he would bring over to my house, uh, and we'd we'd discover and and that type of thing. But he he introduced us all to this uh, this tape, and and we all fell in love with it. And I mean, it became the soundtrack, I would say, to our the second half of our junior year. Um, we listened to it constantly. Great uh, uh, great party music. Um, just sing-along stuff, and, and we, we absolutely loved it. So when I think back, you know, to, to that, I just I think back to the days of old when we were listening to that uh, Greatest Hits album and, and having, a, having the time of our lives in, in high school. So this episode is going to revolve around the Evening with Steve Miller band that I saw April 11th. 1992, Hilton Coliseum, Ames, Iowa. So, you know, I'm now branching off, kind of getting away from the Omaha shows. Um, So I was going to school in Des Moines, as I mentioned uh, on last week's episode. So Des Moines would get some shows, but but, uh, Ames, which was about 20 minutes north of Des Moines, uh, had Iowa State University. They had a a big basketball arena up there, um, and that got a lot of the, a lot of the concerts, uh, kind of in central Iowa. Now, obviously, they had uh, Cyclone Stadium, so a lot of uh, stadium shows went there, which uh, we'll get into on subsequent episodes uh, of this podcast. But um, anyway, the show was a Saturday. Ended up, um, so my high school girlfriend. And her sister actually drove over uh, for it, made a long weekend uh, out of it. Um, again, I was a, a freshman in, in college. So don't really remember a lot of the details of, of show day. Um, but again, it being an evening with, with Steve Miller, so it was just going to be him. Um, no opener. But as I'm looking at the ticket stub here, it, it's interesting. It's the CCC and Concerts for the Environment presents an evening with Steve Miller Band. So, you know, he environmentalist that he is. I don't recall, I guess, what the what the specifics, you know, on kind of this tour or run of shows that he was doing. He wasn't promoting a new album. He had a new album come out um, the following year. Um so I, I can't recall what all went around with, with regards to this. But um, anyway, we had so assigned seating. Uh, Hilton Coliseum's a decent-sized um, venue, you know, probably 14,000 um, seats. And so we were stage, um, so stage left on that side uh, in the, in the uh, upper bowl. Um, you know, one of the, the first couple of rows though. So not bad, not bad seats. Um, obviously not much of a stage, um, set up. Um, just, I, I feel like I can remember, 
there being uh, lots of rugs on the stage, kind of a la Grateful Dead or, or kind of any of that uh, uh, that type of music. Um, and so, but again, it was all, you know, about the music. You know, there was no, no need for distractions, no need for um, elaborate uh, staging at all. So going through the set list, so he kicked off with Swingtown, True Fine Love, I'm Tore Down, Freddie King cover, All Your Love, I Miss Loving, Otis Rush cover, Abracadabra, I Want to Make the World Turn Around, Mercury Blues, The Stake, Take the Money and Run, You Send Me, Sam Cooke cover, Seasons, who Do You Love, Dance, 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 Wild Mountain Honey, Winter Time, Living in the USA, Fly Like an Eagle, Jungle Love, Rockin' Me, The Joker, and then closed out with Jet Airliner. So 20, 21 song set, and you know, so he was probably on stage for a couple of hours. Um, breaking down that set list, so Children of the Future, album Zero Songs, the album uh, titled Sailor had one song, Brave New World, one song, Your Saving Grace, zero songs, number five, zero songs, Rock Love, zero songs, Recall the Beginning, A Journey from Eden, zero songs, okay, so you see a trend here, um, you know, first seven albums that he released, and at this show he played two songs from them. So obviously he evolved, you know, into the sound that uh, um, made him successful. So next album, The Joker, one song from there, and then Fly Like an Eagle, seven songs, Book of Dreams, six songs, Circle of Love, zero songs. Abracadabra, one song. Italian X-Rays, one song. Living in the 20th Century, one song. Born to be Blue, zero songs. And then, and as I mentioned, he had a couple of cover songs in there, one of them which uh, ended up showing up on the Wide River album that was released in 1993. So, again, you know, looking at the set list, it's obviously uh, 13 songs, 14 songs kind of from that you know, pinnacle of his career there in the mid-70s. Um, but from what I can remember, I mean, it was a great, great show. He, I remember him having quite a few band members on stage and, and kind of wondering, you know, does he, does he need, um, you know, three or four guitar players? Probably not. Um, but again, overall, you know, college town, um, great response, um, Tons of uh, singing, uh, crowd participation stuff. You know, Swingtown, you know, you think about that song. Um, didn't kick off uh, an album, but great, great opener, obviously, with the, um, the woes. Um, lots of crowd participation. Um, thought True Fine Love which was a good second song. You know, and then fast forward, um, you know, hit-wise, you've got Abracadabra, you've got The Stake, Take the Money and Run, kind of um, in the middle of, of the set there, and then uh, he hits you he hits you pretty good there almost on the last um, eight songs in a row, 
um, just hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. So um, cool to see, you know, again, um, you know, a, a couple of years prior to that, kind of getting introduced, you know, formally uh, to that Greatest Hits album and, and having it be such a, a part of, of, of my high school uh junior year specifically and and listening to it i mean it was a no-brainer not really sure how i heard about the show um possibly on the uh, classic rock radio uh, there in des moines um but it was really a no-brainer to uh to go see them and and uh, um, enjoy that so all in all good show glad that i went so for the band on the bill spotlight thought i would Go back to the mid-70s and put his two um, highly successful studio albums up against each other. So Fly Like an Eagle versus Book of Dreams. And But I'm going to do this a little bit different. I'll go through the kind of the track listing of each, but I'm not going to really spend too much time on the hits. I'm going to save that for later in this episode. So I'm really going to focus more on the, uh, the deep tracks of of the albums and and try to figure out uh, which one I I like better um, when not really considering uh, the hits of the album. So, Fly Like an Eagle, released May 1976, produced by Steve Miller, reached number three on the U.S. charts and in the United States uh, went four times platinum. And that album cover always, uh, whenever I see it, it always reminds me of a of a Bob Seger uh, album cover uh, from that same time frame. Whether or not it's um, Live Bullet or, um, yeah, just again, just the the look, kind of the ba- black background, and you know him and a the guitar there, just uh, screams screams seventies. So. Um, so side one, so it kicks off with space intro, you know, into Fly Like an Eagle, Fly Like an Eagle, reach number two uh, on the charts. Then went into Wild Mountain Honey, which uh, was actually written by Steve McCarty. So if I don't mention who the songwriter is, Steve Miller had a hand in it, whether he wrote it himself or co-wrote it. Serenade comes next, Dance, Dance, Dance. And then side one actually closes with Mercury Blues. So the first <laughs> first song that was not on the greatest hits is the last song on side one. So Mercury Blues, written by Casey Douglas and Bob Geddens. A very bluesy number. Obviously, it's got blues in the title. Um, I mean, over, cool song, kind of a Doors meets ZZ Top uh, sounding song. And, you know, not being overly familiar with it when I was listening to it, um, preparing for this episode, I was like, what, what does that sound like? Kind of the, uh, the intro and the, and the initial verse. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, that's monkey business by Skid Row. So anyway, take a listen to it and see if you don't, uh, don't hear that hit. I, I totally, totally hear that. So again, overall, cool, cool song. It doesn't really, you know, go anywhere for me. I mean, there's, there's, there are no uh, peaks and valleys kind of in during the song. It just kind of, you know, kind of maintains uh, as, as it goes. Um, 
Side 2 kicks off with Take the Money and Run, reached number 11 on the charts. Uh, second song, Rockin' Me, um, hit number 1 on the charts. So then track 3, You Send Me, so it's uh, Sam Cooke cover. You know, overall, it, uh, it really doesn't do much uh, for me. I mean, there are some parts of the song kind of what he did with it I mean he made it his own I'll, I'll give him that but uh, overall it uh, it doesn't do a lot for me I mean the you know honest you do um, part kind of during the chorus is kind of cool but there there is this talking part um, right at the beginning of the song um, you know maybe 20-25 seconds in where he's kind of whispering, it's it's hard to understand, but he's saying something. Come on, baby, come on, don't be nervous. Ugh, I not sure, not sure where that was, where that was going. But I, I just kind of, uh, you know, didn't didn't do much for me. Um, goes into Blue Odyssey um, again, instrumental. You know, don't really need to. Um, of the same instrumentals uh, on on an album. I mean, the, the space intro leading into "Fly Like an Eagle" is is iconic. You know, this just doesn't uh, doesn't do much. Uh, and plus, it leads into uh, a 1940s sounding blues track uh, called "Sweet Marie" or "Marie," and um, th- this song just. <laughs> doesn't do doesn't do anything for me not uh, not a fan really at all and then so side two closes off with the window and this is actually a cool mid-tempo um, song um, chorus you know look through the window you know there's some delay on his voice peace and harmony some some delay uh, on there so again mid-tempo song um, I like it, and the, actually the verse and, and bridge, the melody of that really foreshadows um, the verse of Abracadabra. Um, and then there's more space sound effects, you know, during the during the outro. So, you know, looking at the looking at the quote unquote non hits, you know, on this album. You know, it's it, it do, doesn't do a lot for me. Um, you know, the last song on the whole thing, the window is probably the standout deep uh, cut uh, off of this album, and the rest of it is uh, you know there's too much probably too much traditional blues uh, for my for my liking uh, on it. So now moving on to Book of Dreams. So released May of 1977, so almost exactly a year later. Produced by Steve Miller. And this reached number two, but only went three times platinum versus the four times platinum that Fly Like an Eagle did. But it made it higher on the on the charts, which again, a, a, you know, a subsequent album after a huge hit generally benefits from that first uh or that previous album so it probably shot up to number two you know within the first week or so and and uh you know that was that was the peak you know based all on what was on the previous album so side one so threshold instrumental uh great instrumental leading into uh jet airliner 
again uh, written by Paul Pena, and that reached number eight. Um, I will. The only thing I'm going to say um, about this is not a fan of the long intro of the actual song Jet Airliner. I mean, it go basically goes through an entire verse um, and chorus, um, just instrumental, and then you know goes back, you know, kind of to the the intro and 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 then gets into the verse and and the vocal starts. So I, I don't get it. You've got a uh, minute long intro um, track one th- threshold and then you've got another almost you know 45 50 second intro of I, I just don't understand what they were what they were trying to do there um, track three winter time track four swing town so that uh, reached number 17 number five true fine love and now again, having to wait until track six last uh, track on side one to get to a quote-unquote non-hit uh wish upon a star actually a very cool mellow uh song uh again space uh, sound effects during the chorus you know doesn't matter who you are if you wish upon a star uh again really really playing off of the um space themes that he's uh that he was becoming known for but really a cool cool deep track cool mellow song um side two leads off with jungle love so written by lonnie turner who was actually the bass player in his band and then greg douglas who was a guitar player in his band reached number 23 then electro lux imbroglio i think that's how you pronounce that um so again another space themed uh intro uh, instrumental really not much um, there again not sure why he chose to have a couple instrumentals um, kind of intros to songs on his albums um, again threshold uh, is way better than this so that instrumental leads into the song sacrifice which uh, written by curly cook and Les dudek again cool mellow opening uh, into a really great groove um, again, classic harmonized verses, um, and then just uh, Steve Miller uh, on his own during the during the chorus. Um, great solo, uh, guitar solo, and then there's again some great soloing during the outro. So uh, another a good good deep cut. Um, then you've got the stake, uh, which was actually written by uh, David Denny, which was also another guitar player in his band. Then track five, My Own Space, written by Jason Cooper and uh, Bobby Winkleman. Fantastic song. Cool mid-tempo um, song. Great, great lyrics. Um, you know, talking about, you know, um, putting your worries away and, and basically going to the beach um, and finding, finding your own space. But just a great chorus um you know leading into um where i can have my own space again and harmonizing on uh the the space uh word there to me my opinion this should have been on that greatest hits album and I, i i have some songs that it could could have replaced but this is this is just a lost gem great great song 
And then it closes out uh, side two um, with Babes in the Wood, which is basically just a, I guess I'll call it an Irish jig um, type song. Uh, kind of scratching my head uh, on on that. But again, I think Steve Miller's a, a eclectic guy and, and kind of gets into, gets into some different stuff um, overall. But again, looking at Book of uh, Dreams, you know, Wish Upon a Star, cool song, Sacrifice, a good song, and then My Own Space. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that it should, should have been on the Greatest Hits album. So, um, you know, so looking at... Um, just looking at the hits, again, not getting into that too much, I'd probably lean towards the Book of Dreams album. And obviously, based on my uh, review of, of both of these albums, the deep cuts off of Book of Dreams just bury the, the deep cuts on Fly Like an Eagle. So, you know, and I heard this somewhere, and I, I can't recall which, so I'd like to credit whoever that this came from, but... Um, you know, hits to you know don't don't make an album uh, um, iconic. Um, it's the deep cuts that kind of help fill it out. And so again, to me, um, the Book of Dreams uh, album, almost from start to finish, is 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 solid. So I would be I would go with Book of Dreams over Fly Like an Eagle. So now on to the Slamfest tip of the week. So last week we talked about, you know, the actual activity, right? Whether it's tailgating, side gating, car gating, room gating, that type of thing. Um, but now, so now we need to start talking about um, other supplies, equipment, that type of thing uh, that uh, that is used. So going back to like the original... Um, tailgating experience which again we'll get to you know that show um but you know i didn't even have a um cd player in my my car i had a um an s10 blazer so i had a cd walkman with a uh cassette adapter that uh went into my cassette deck so early uh pre-gaming um tailgating experiences uh was using basically using my s10 blazer um having a extended cord for the cassette car adapter so then we could have the um cd walkman you know in the back of the uh in the back of the blazer you know by the tailgate and and be putting in cds and and getting to the track that you that you wanted so um i can remember um multiple times after um concerts um slam fest events using that particular vehicle having my uh, front dashboard tweeters having to be replaced multiple times um based on blowing them out obviously uh at the at the pregame so you know from there obviously things you know went to um you know it started to get digital um you know so you've got um you know speakers um variety of different speakers from you know bose um used a apple you know right when the ipod 
had come out. Apple had a great big um, portable speaker that could be that could be used. You know, we've got all kinds of uh, um, chargers and and you know multiple iPods and um, backups in case something went wrong. So um, lots of uh, <laughs> lots of backup plans. Um, so again, CDs right were the original. And you know that was that was difficult um, because you could only bring so many CDs, um, and then it moved on into iPods. You know the original classic with the dial, you know on the on the front, and now obviously we've gotten into iTouches and iPhones and uh, even streaming. Um, you know uh, comes up, but. You know what we've we've gone back old school and again we'll get into the details of that when we get to those episodes but we've gone old school uh in in, in a couple instances um with lps vinyl so um which is actually very very cool to to do so anyway um you know the equipment um obviously in, in important but again we'll get into the kind of the specifics of of this stuff when we get into those um subsequent episodes so now to wrap this episode up with a which side are you on so during the band on the bill spotlight obviously talked about those two uh studio albums so i thought you know what it'd be interesting to dive into that greatest hits album and put side one up against side two so that's what we're going to do. So again, this album, um, you know, titled The Greatest Hits 74 through 78, which we'll get into, but there's a song from 73 <laughs> on here. So I'm not sure why, why they titled it what they titled it. But anyway, released November of 1978, um, went 14 times platinum. So and only charted number 18 uh, on the Billboard um, charts. But so again, interesting, right? So the Fly Like an Eagle came out in May of uh, 76. And then you've got uh, Book of Dreams coming out in May of 77. And then, you know, a year and a half later, they're putting out a greatest hits that has it's just loaded with songs from those previous two albums. I'm not really sure what the... Um, what the point of that was i mean obviously by doing that i think you're you're taking away sales from those studio albums but hey it went 14 times platinum so somebody knew what they were doing um but interesting so um 1973's the joker uh one of the nine songs off of that album um you know got on this greatest hits and then uh, fly like an eagle so six of the 12 songs uh, made it on there, and then 1977's Book of Dreams, uh, seven of the 12 songs uh, made it on this made it on this uh, compilation. So, uh, so track listing. Let's go go through this. So side one. So let off with Swingtown. So um, you know I mentioned you know that they let off with that uh, uh, in concert, which great opener. Obviously did not open. Um, the Book of Dreams album, but uh, really, really uh, fits that spot well on this on this greatest hits. Again, classic fade in intro with the drums uh, and the bass line. Piano comes in, and then you know with the with the electric guitar uh, 
um, chords there. And then, you know, the, the woe, o's, um, you know, it's just uh, uh, classic and, and um, it's just a sing-along um, waiting to happen. So harmonizing verses, which is going to be like a broken record, talking about Steve Miller and how much harmonizing uh, they do. But some great drum fills in that song, and obviously the guitar and keyboards harmonizing the, the lead melody throughout the song. Uh, great song, great intro. Um, next up, Jungle Love. So, you know, great sound effect intro, you know, into the, <laughs> the iconic whistle. And probably the best riff, um, all-out riff of all the songs on here. And again, it was... You know, written by uh, the bass player and, and one of the guitar players at the time in his band. Um, favorite lyric from that, everything's better when wet. You know, take take that where you want to take it, but always loved that lyric. Um, during the second chorus, you know, on Crazy, uh, you know, harmonizes and, and repeats it. Uh, harmonizes Peaches and Cream. Again, whistling during the outro, um, and that's how the how the song ends. So great, great song, great spot for it. Uh, slot two on side one. Take the money and run. So you know, listening to this again and again, I hadn't really sat down and listened to this album uh, probably for in years. Um, but it's basically the same riff just throughout. I mean, it's same thing intro versus you know during the chorus it's there's there's nothing uh, nothing really different there um obviously after the uh talks about el paso and talks about texas the hand claps which you can't uh help yourself but doing when you hear it uh and then his uh you know really getting into the the old lord um lyric of that song but again great song great st- uh, storyteller uh, um, you know, throughout the throughout the lyrics there. Track four, "Rockin' Me." So, again, intro, up tempo. You know, it's it's uh, accused of of lifting uh, the riff from "All Right Now." Yeah, I I hear it. I think it's a little more up tempo than that. And then the rest of the song really doesn't sound anything like "All Right Now." Again, great chorus, great harmonizing. Um, and again, great lyric, Phoenix, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma, Philadelphia, Atlanta, LA. I mean, it just rolls off the tongue. Um, well done. And then there's a great breakdown, um, during, during that song as well. So another, another great song, um, then Serenade. So, you know, not, not quote unquote, a single, um, off of Fly Like an Eagle, but still good song harmonizing and really, you know, kind of has a dark Almost, I mean, if it's in you know in in a minor uh, key, um, it it's kind of a darker so- song. It doesn't really do a lot um, for me. You know, again, the rest of the song, um, you know, has kind of that that minor uh, feel to it. Um, but you know, not uh, not not one of my favorites off of off of here. And then True Fine Love, um, great bass line, um, you know, tempo change during the chorus. So, you know, great, great lyric in there. So come on, get your rocks off. I'm going to knock your socks off. Um, very cool, very cool lyric. 
And then moving on to the last uh, song on side one, so The Stake. So again, written by David Denny, uh, one of the guitar players in his band. Um, obviously the main um, riff you know, is, a, is a lift from Joe Walsh's Rocky Mountain Way. Um, you know, the rest of the song doesn't necessarily sound like it. Um, you know, it's cool with the vocals during the verse, you know, it's just vocal and drums and bass. And then the riff kicks in and then chorus wise, and there's a great lyric in there. Nobody loves you like the way I do. Um, great line, um, cool song. You know, again, it, it obviously has that, uh, um, Rocky Mountain Way feel to it. Um, just that kind of that main, that main riff. So then side two, so kicks off with the Joker. So again, I think they did a great job um, from a track listing standpoint on this thing. Um, Swingtown kicking off side one and then the Joker kicking off side two. Uh, you know, overplayed, yes, but cannot deny uh, the song. The chorus, the harmonizing is just infectious. Um, great lead work and tone. Um, Obviously, the Maurice and Lovey Dovey, you know, the guitar whistling, and obviously that guitar whistle on the on the outro is is iconic. So great song, um, just uh, obviously some fatigue there. So then you get into Fly Like an Eagle. Um, you know, not really sure why they didn't include um, the space intro, you know, on here. Um, it do doesn't make a lot of, lot of sense um, to me. Uh, again, space sound effects kind of throughout with that organ is just, is just classic. Again, just a classic, uh, classic song. Um, just not understanding why uh, um, space intro wasn't included. Because then you go into, and it's, this is its own uh, track, is Threshold, which is the instrumental uh, leading into Jet Airliner. So, um, but again, great riff with Jet Airliner. Um, like I mentioned, sing the single version is way better than the album version because you don't have the, uh, the kind of that whole first verse and, and chorus, just, uh, uh, just the instrumental part, uh, which that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, vocal, um, you know, solo, him being him solo and then and harmonizing kind of combined is great uh, during the verse. And then the chorus, the harmonizing is, is, is fantastic. Great backing vocals. Um, then you go into Dance, Dance, Dance. Um, you know, this song to me, not maybe not the whole thing, but it, it's got such a John Denver feel to me. Um, you know, just the just the way that it's arranged and the and, and how it's how it's set up and how it flows just reminds me of, of John Denver, which who I love. Um, but the song, you know, overall doesn't do a ton for me. Uh, Winter time, so again, mellow, kind of a California dreaming type of feel, cool vibe and and good lead guitar work, um, great harmonizing throughout, which. Um, that's what you're going to get with Steve Miller, but it kind of drags on uh, a little bit. This song does and then Wild Mo Mountain Honey uh, closes out side two um, Again, good mellow uh, Song keyboard lead melody eh, is, is just okay Production on his vocal is too dry for me. I mean you can hear him 
taking a breath um, during that, which again I prefer uh, when he doubles his vocals and it's got it's got an effect on it. So um, not I mean not a bad song, but not not a great song either. Uh, so kind of going back to um, that uh, song off of Book of Dreams, My Own Space. I mean it could have to me easily replaced um, Dance Dance Dance, Wintertime. Um, you know, possibly Serenade, um, much, much better song, uh, than, than those, than those songs. So, you know, looking at this, um, you know, while I, again, I like Book of Dreams, uh, overall better than Fly Like an Eagle, um, but looking at this breakdown, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, um, side one. Uh, which actually does have, um, let me count, so one, two, so three, so four, four of the seven songs on side one are off of Book of Dreams, um, and so I'm gonna, gonna go with that, I mean, Swingtown, Jungle Love, um, The Stake, you know, and then you got Rockin' Me from Fly Like an Eagle, uh, I think those are, those are just too strong, you know, when you've got, um, Dance, 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 and wintertime, you know, on side two. Granted, you've got the Joker, uh, Fly Like an Eagle, and Jet Airliner, but I don't think they can, uh, I don't think they can hold up to what's on side one. So I will go a side one of Steve Miller Band's Greatest Hits, 1974, 1973 to 1978, um, for this week's Which Side Are You On? Did any of you see the Steve Miller Band? ever so not just on this run of dates but anytime in his career if so what were your thoughts memories or stories from that show and what are your thoughts on his two most popular studio albums fly like an eagle from 1976 or book of dreams from 1977 which do you prefer and take a look at the deep cuts uh in there and not just the hits when when uh considering uh, which one of those you like better. And last but not least, what are your thoughts on his enormous Greatest Hits album, 1974 through 1978, Side 1 or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slam Fest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. (laughs) 